Sonia will need that in a minute. In a minute. Keep ready. I'm going to move my tree so I can work this in a minute. So uh, I was asked if I'd do Ephesians 1 in 20 minutes. My initial reaction was, don't do it, because I can't do it. But I did ask the Lord, and he says, do it. So what I'm going to do this morning, and what Sonia's going to do, I'm going to give you an overview of Ephesians 1, quickly. And then Sonia's going to do two verses, two important things. She's going to home in on two specific verses and look at them in more detail. And then at the end, we're going to apply it. Now, this is, this is application time here. So before we start, could I have a vo- one volunteer? One volunteer. Come on, then. Okay. Now, I want you to look in the castaway bottle and see what you can find. The bottle and the end here. It's been washed up on the seashore. You want to pick it up and have a look what's in it? We'd like to read it out. This is what a message that's washed up on the shore. Do you want to unfold it and read it out to us? I can. What does it say? The Father loves, loves you. you. The Father loves you. What an interesting thing to find on the seashore. Thank you. Thank you. Now, we'll look later on what else there is on the seashore. So we're going to... St- no, I've, I've got something else. Uh, I've got a couple of things within round. Is Mary here? Yeah, Mary. I, just so something came to mind, Mary. There was a lady in Mark 14 who had one opportunity to bless Jesus. And she poured out what she had on him. And um, it says... I'm paraphrasing it now. What it says... This the woman will be remembered round the world because this is the phrase, she did what she could. She did what she could. And I believe God wants to encourage you, Mary, and say there's times when there's much more in your heart than you can do. More, there's more in here than you want to do. And I believe God wants to just encourage you, you've done what you could. Do that with excellence and God is really blessed. Um, Sue, um, Deuteronomy 32.8 you know is about um, the eagle's nest and um, there's a stage in growth where the nest gets ruffled up and eventually destroyed and I think God wants to encourage you and say he's disturbing the nest in a good way and it's for growth okay Ian um, just a simple scripture uh, Philippians 1.6 it says he will thoroughly complete the work is started in you. Okay? Um, I've got one more, but they're not here. I can't, I've, some, I've got some for Abba, but she's not here, so I'll post it to her. Right. We're going to have a look at Ephesians chapter 1. Did the clever lady switch it over? Good. She's a clever lady, switched it over. No, that's the wrong one. There we go. So we're going to do a quick review of 23 verses. And these are the thoughts of Jesus towards us. And if you want to go away with the thoughts, there's a copy of them all here. Okay? So we'll start, first of all, in verse, verse 1. It talks that we, we are chosen. 
You've been chosen by God. You've been chosen. If it says, my name is Paul, and I was chosen by God to be an apostle. We are chosen. We are chosen. The next one. That's a picture of heaven. And that's a picture of us on earth. And you can see, it says, Father's love is lavished upon us. And you can see all the streams and things coming from heaven. Verse 3, that the Father's love is lavished upon us. Lavish means no restriction, just pouring it all out on us. Lavished. The next one. In the beginning, God created. And he created, and he created me and you. But also in Ephesians 1.4, it talks about we were washed by his grace and are made innocent and blameless. And there's a picture there of a dirty shirt that goes through the Holy Spirit's washing machine on hot wash and comes out perfectly clean. And that's what Jesus has done for us. We've been through the Holy Spirit's washing on a hot wash till we're cleansed and tea. And even on the whites, you can't see a spot or stain. So you need to let your heart be refreshed. You've been through the washing machine of the Holy Spirit and you're clean and you're unstained and you're blameless. Unstained and blameless. The next one, Tony's going to come back to this in a minute. We're adopted. He delights in us as his children. He delights in us as his children. We're adopted. We're adopted. I'm not going to say any more. I'll let Sonia say it. The next one. This is verse 6 and 7. Our record of all our past has been cancelled. It's been cancelled. It's been washed away by the cross. There's nothing left against us. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Your slate's been wiped clean, and so's mine. Totally wiped clean. There is nothing against us. Let me read what the scripture says. Ephesians 1, 7. So we have been joined with Christ. We have been given the treasures of salvation by his blood. Total cancellation of all our sins. All because of his cascading grace and riches that comes upon us. What about that? Cascading grace. Cascades on us. And makes us acceptable. Next one. It says in Ephesians 8 and 9, this is what it says. This abundant grace is already powerfully working in us, flooding us and entering every part of us. Isn't that good? The grace enters every part, releasing within us all forms of supernatural wisdom and practical understanding. Wisdom and practical understanding. These are the thoughts towards us. Next one. He makes all things new in our lives. And at the end of time, he'll make everything new. But he makes all things new. I'll read Ephesians 1.11. This is why God selected 
and ordained us to be his own inheritance through our union with Jesus. We are God's inheritance. We are God's inheritance. And you know that at, at the end of time, Jesus will give us back all to the Father. Father, these are yours. These are yours. These are yours. That's us, me and you, just ordinary people. But we are his inheritance. I'll look at the next one. I really like this one. Next one. We are sealed. The Holy Spirit seals us in God. He seals us. Here it is, I've lost my picture. We are sealed. This is what the scripture says. Now the Holy Spirit has stamped you and sealed you. Every one of you is guaranteeing your rights in the covenant. He's sealed us. We've been sealed. Sealed into the covenant. Next one. We're now actually engaged to Jesus. We're not married yet, but we are engaged. And life down here is getting ready for our marriage to Jesus. We're engaged. We're engaged. Next one. Ephesians 1.17. The riches of the Holy Spirit's wisdom and spirit of revelation has been brought into us through the fullness of being one with Christ. The riches of wisdom and revelation. Next one. Verse 18. I pray that the, the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation. Light shining in our hearts, releasing our imagination, flooding us with light until we experience full revelation. Of course we want it, don't we? Full revelation. The next one. Next one. We're an advert for God. We're the, best, we're the best advert he's got. Us. Me and you. We're an advert. And there's a lovely verse in Ephesians 2.10 that says this. It says this. Our lives are a beautiful poetry that speaks forth of him because he has written this in us to live. And I looked at what poetry means. And a definition of poetry it evokes an imagination and an awareness of an expression that's arranged through its sound and its rhythm it brings to us. So we're bringing the sound and the rhythm of Father to those around us. Sound and rhythm we're bringing to. We're an advert. An advert. Hello, advert. Hello, advert. You see a lot of adverts that are pretty naff, don't you? But look at the person next to you and say, you're an advert. You're an advert for the Father. 
you're an advert. And you're a pretty good one too. And you know something? We're all a unique advert. We're all unique. If you put it on the telly and you wanted to advertise, we'd have to go through every one because nobody advertises the same. Isn't that wonderful? Your uniqueness is an advert for God. Let's have a look at the next one. Jesus now is in the highest place. It says, he is now exalted higher than all the thrones, principalities. He's above every ruler and authority. Jesus is sat in heaven or standing, whichever he's doing. And he's all power and all authority. And he's the one we are joined to. And because we're joined to him, we're advertising the heart of the Father to those around us. We may do it imperfect, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're in advert for the Father. One more, I think, or two more. It says now in Ephesians 1.22, He alone is the leader and source of everything that's needed in the church. Is that again? He is the source of everything that's needed. He's the source where life comes from and where hope comes from. We've been talking about this morning. Let's look at the last one. Last one. This is us, the church. We are his body on earth. We're his body on earth. Now I'm going to step aside and let Sonia just concentrate on two verses. So I'm going to go back and find the two verses she's doing. There you go. There you go, look. Three. And it says that God adopted us in verse 3 even before the foundation of the earth it was in his mind to adopt us as his desirable children he wanted us and just like a mummy or a daddy who really want to have a child and they can't. They actually are so wanting to do that that they go and they find some children who don't have a mummy and a daddy and they choose a child, a little boy or a little girl and take them to be a mummy and a daddy to a fatherless child. And you know in the beginning where God's first son, Adam, sinned, must have broken father's heart because that relationship between the daddy in heaven and his first son was broken. But even before any of that happened, Father had it in his heart to adopt us, to bring us back into relationship with him. 
I had a funny situation just a couple of weeks ago. I was in Malvern waiting for the bus with my grandson, Finn. And as we were waiting at the bus stop, this very unusual lady came. And most people were kind of looking at her. She had just thick trousers on with her pocket sticking out at the back. She had shoes that were tattered. She had a coat on. It was sizzling hot. And she had a hood up. And she had a hand up high. And she had this woolen glove on her hand. And it was a roasting hot day. She was standing there with this hand up. But the strange thing was that some of her fingers weren't even in the glove. So it was kind of, people were looking. And when we got on the bus, she stood at the front. And she didn't sit down. So the bus started going. She's holding on where people put their buggies. And Finn said to me, Granny, that lady needs to sit down. She's going to fall over. So I said to him, lovely, I think she probably feels safe standing. So she probably is okay. So then we went around this really sharp bend, and he says, Granny, somebody needs to make that lady sit down. She's going to hurt herself. He was so distressed. I said to him, lovely, we can't make her sit down. She probably feels safer standing up. She may not be able to get up. So we just have to leave her to her own choice. So he was really quiet. And then he said, Granny, that lady doesn't have a daddy. My heart just went I. He has a daddy who provides for him, who protects him, who loves him, who's given him identity. Finn was right. She didn't have an earthly daddy. It was obvious to see. But you know, she did have a heavenly daddy. But she didn't probably know that she had. And that's the tragedy for a lot of people. All of us, whether we're saved or not, are God's kids. But the important thing is we know our daddy. And I want to go on to verse 7, where it says that when we have a relationship with Jesus, all our sins are cancelled. Cancelled. None of them count anymore. The sins that we've done in the past, the sins that we do in the present, the sins that we do in the future, they're cancelled, they're gone, as far as Jesus is concerned. Because what Jesus does, he washed us in his blood at Calvary. The finished work of Jesus is all that's needed.
for us to cancel all our sin. That is the most incredible good news. If that doesn't give us hope. But for much of my Christian life, I had a distorted view of my father, God. I thought he was looking to point the finger at me. I thought he was noticing all the things that I did wrong and wanting to fix me and put them right. That's the most distorted view, but a lot of us have that view. And what that view does, it makes us look inward and see all the things that we see that's wrong. But not only does it do that, it makes us look and see the things we see that's wrong. It makes us look at other people and see the things that they do wrong. Our consciousness is fault-finding, is sin. And what the Word of God says in Romans 6, verse 11, consider yourself dead to sin because Jesus has cancelled it. The Father's cancelled it. It no longer counts as far as he concerned because Jesus died as me, Jesus died as you. He was punished for everything we have done wrong. We do now do wrong, and we will do wrong. That's the wonderful gospel. And Romans 6, 11 says, Consider yourself dead to sin. My consciousness for most of my Christian life has been repentance to sin. That happens when we're saved, when the glorious grace of Jesus cascades over us and we're forgiven once and for all. But the Christian life is not lived with consciousness of sin. It's lived with being conscious of his righteousness with it. And it says in John chapter 16, I think verse 8, the Holy Spirit comes to convict the world of sin but not those that are washed, that are made clean, that are made righteous by the finished work of Jesus because our Father in heaven loved us so much that he sent Jesus to die so that we could be adopted into his family, righteousness conscious. And it doesn't mean that we're perfect, but it means that as God looks on us, he sees us perfect because of Jesus. What wonderful gospel we have. Okay. Thanks, Tom. Right. Um... To wind up, I'd like one child and one adult to come and help me. The adult, uh, probably, if you've just got flip-flops on, well, you've got boots on, I need some, sorry, I need somebody with just with flip-flops and those socks. Will you come and help me? Come on. Let's have an adult, somebody who's just got sandals on without any socks. Come on. Yeah, that's good. Now, 
I want you to do something. This is a beach, by the way. And this is all the sand on the shore and the water and, and there's a tree growing by the side. We've lost a helper. He doesn't need sandals. You don't need them. You just need, you need feet. Right. Now what I want you to do, I want you to see that nice big high bit there. I want you to put your footprint in really firm. Right, push it down firm. Okay, now lift off, lift off gently. Now just put your foot aside a minute, right? Um, would you come and do it down here where there's a big pile? That's it. Now gently stand up. Now what you'd like to both do is kneel down a minute next to your footprint. I want you to count how many grains of sand are in your footprint. Okay, thank you. You can't do it, can you? You can't do it. Let me read you this. Psalm 139 from the Passion. Every single moment you're thinking about me. How precious and wonderful is this to consider. That you cherish me constantly in your every thought. God, your desires are... Are towards me, and the more than listen to this, all the grains of sand on every seashore. Isn't that God's thoughts, the Father's thoughts towards you and me, are more than all the grains of sand on every seashore? How many how many beaches is in the world? How many grains of sand is there? Well, our son, you were saying, our dad's thoughts towards you and I that are positive are more than all them. It's impossible to count them. It's impossible to count them. And he's thinking positively, well-being, hopeful thoughts, and a few other things we've looked at. That's Father's heart towards us. Every grain of sand on every... How many trillion, trillion must there be? You know, there's a beach in Chennai, which is the second longest beach in the world, and we've never managed to walk even a quarter of it. But every one of those grains of sand represents Father's thought towards you. Isn't that wonderful? We looked at a few things in Ephesians, probably 20 things. The 20 things he's thinking about us, towards us, out of trillions. This is the dad we have. This is the dad we have. And just before I apply it, you know, you may be here this morning and you don't know Jesus. Do you know? It could change this morning. This Father in heaven has all these thoughts towards you, whether you know him or not. It's just once you get to know Jesus, you begin to understand what a lot of the thoughts are. So if you don't know Jesus this morning, whoever you come from, have a chat to them and say, I'd like to know this Jesus. I'd like to know this Father. that has trillions of good thoughts towards me. And you know what he'll do? He'll help you go through the Holy Spirit wash machine and wash away all that's no good and leave you new and clean. 
So what we're going to do to finish with is this seashore has lots of thoughts in it. And what we've got here is a lot of bags with sand in. So what I want you to do in a minute, I want you to come and I want you to take your visual aid home. And I want you to put it on the fridge or somewhere. There's probably a a few thousand in there. They'll do to start with. I want you to pin it up. And every time you look at it and see it, I want it to remind you, my Father in heaven has trillions of thoughts towards me. And here's a few of them represented in the sand. So you go on today with a visual aid to stick on your thing. And you can say, my Father has trillions of thoughts to me more than the sands of the sea. So, Father, we thank you for all the wonderful things we've just glimpsed at in Ephesians chapter 1. The most important thing is we're washed clean, made righteous and made whole, and we're adopted into the family of God. And we are all part of his family called the church. And we pray as we go home this week, you'll keep reminding us we see a grain of sand that you have trillions of good thoughts towards us day in, day out. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So what I'd like you to do is all come and get your thing and then go and have your cup of tea. Okay? So if you want to come up and um, get your visual aid and, um, yeah, really amazing talk that uh, Ronnie and Sonia gave this morning, something that we can take home. Um, So we're going to end the meeting there. Uh, There's um, tea and coffee over there. Uh, Feel free. We're finished early, but still means that we can um, stay... um, Hang out with each other, talk, chat, and um, 